Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. Excited to have you here with us on Friday, February 16th. 2024 talking about everything going on in the life of duke athletics here on locked on blue devils happy opening day to the duke baseball team excited to get their 2024 season underway if you missed our conversation last week with chris edwards the longtime play-by-play voice of duke baseball go back and check that out pretty high expectations for coach pollard and the team so uh, excited that opening day is there for them duke softball of course in action now that their season is underway women's basketball making that postseason push but we're talking men's basketball here on the program today as duke gets set to take on florida state this weekend if you have not done so already please be sure to follow us for free wherever it is that you get your podcast hit that subscribe button Watch the show daily on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like this video, share it with your friends. Just really do appreciate all the support out there. Without further ado, let's bring him on in. Joining me on today's show, he needs no introduction. It's our good friend from Devils Illustrated, Connor O'Neill's back with us. Connor, how are you? I'm good, JJ. How are you? I can't complain, man. It's a busy time of year, as we were just talking about. Uh, The last time we saw Duke in action, as Josh Cox famously said earlier in the week, it was the Connor O'Neill invite uh, with Wake Forest and Duke, the two teams that you cover so closely going head to head. Those days are always so special for you, I would imagine. So (laughs) I've told a couple of people this now. Um, As much as I like when both of those teams play each other, because it means that I am able to put eyes on both of them without fearing missing one of their games, because that happens often. Right. uh, I'm always reminded of how much I hate the game when they actually start, because I'll say something favorable about one team and the other team's fans will tell me that I'm being biased and I've. You know, I, I one one person accused me that I make more money from the Duke site than the Wake site, and it's like, well, let's not talk about my financials here, <laughs> on Twitter. Right. But um, yeah, and I told somebody else uh, last night, it's like it's, I'm not a father, but I imagine it's kind of like you know, a Donna Kelsey when she's got to watch uh, <laughs> Travis and Jason play each other in the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> it's it's kind of like watching. Uh, you, I'm objective, but if you're if you're a beat reporter, you want to get tied in and and you want to be in tap with the emotions of a team. So that one that one's kind of a tug of war back and forth the whole way. Take us inside baseball. Then after the game, what's it even like? Because for folks out there that might not be aware of kind of the setup at Cameron Indoor, or there's some venues in America where post game pressers and media availabilities are on the exact opposite sides of the arena. You can't physically be in two places at once. What does that look like for you, Connor, in, the, in, in basketball? Well, I'm kicking myself because Duke is is like the physical, uh, you know, going back to the locker room and then going into the press room. It's really easy to do. Uh, the press room's right there, and then you walk through two doors behind, in the back of the press room, and you're in the back hallway that – usually takes like fingerprint scanning to get into or, or whatever the the jokes with high, how high security things are at Cameron and around the basketball offices are. But then you're in Duke's locker room. So 
I I decided uh, going into the game that like I would just stay in the press room. I would not go to Duke's locker room. I'd get quotes from the players some other way because um, I needed to be in the press room for Wake. And Wake has usually been bringing players. And uh, I sat there for 10 minutes without Wake being in there yet. And people came back from Duke's locker room and I'm watching them all and I'm just like, I could have just spent my 10 minutes in such a better way than just sitting here in the press room waiting on an interview to start. Like yeah. this, this was, this was a complete waste and I was hating myself for all 10 of those minutes or whatever it was. But, you know, Steve Forbes gave his presser. Um, that's waking. the part of the job that people, sorry to cut you off there, but that's the part of the job that people don't truly understand and know unless you're kind of in it and have been yeah. in those settings. That's hilarious, Connor. I love that story. Yeah. yeah it, it's, Man, it's stressful. And I'm not even on a deadline anymore. Like, I, you know, my deadline is the internet. And the internet, you can put a story up whenever you want. You're not trying to make print. Like, I spent the first nine years of my career trying to make sure my story was in the hands of editors to get it on the page to make make the deadline. Uh, I don't have to deal with that anymore. And you still feel the, the stress of it. So, um, you know, it, it worked out in the end. Uh, the stories I wrote, I, I hope were fine. Um, talked about Wake's lack of second half defense talks about Dukes, you know, the, the strong play of their front court with Kyle Filipowski and Mark Mitchell combining for, was it like 44 points, 19 rebounds, four blocks. And maybe the most important number was the 13 fouls that they drew between the two of them. So it, it, it all wound up well. It was just uh, some, some extra stress. Yeah, and now Duke basketball has a three-game winning streak. We talked about it after the UNC game. You broke down the schedule. It was three consecutive at home for Duke, three straight on the road, a mixed bag of three, and then you've got the UNC game at the very end of the season. So three down, Duke took care of business on their home floor. Pretty important to do that, and now it looks like they've kind of positioned themselves pretty well. We'll get to the standings a little bit later in the show, but if you could just speak to Connor the, the past three games and um, you know, yeah, the energy and effort was not great in that UNC game. Uh, I think it's been a little bit different these last few. Yeah. I kind of, I, I look at the Notre Dame and Boston college games in a little different light than the wake game, just because those were just kind of laissez faire games to me. I mean, Duke played with more effort than they had against Carolina. Um, that was maybe the one thing that you really wanted to see, especially in the Notre Dame game fresh off of it. But Duke can go out and out, out talent a Notre Dame and a Boston College. Um, they don't have to play with maximum effort to beat those teams. That's just where the programs are at this point. Like Notre Dame has the first year coach. They have, I swear, I think they have one ACC player on that roster with Marcus Burton. Um, <laughs> Michael Shrewsbury just needs more to work with. And BC is just, it's, it's an odd team again. Um, I, I think they're a little bit lacking in terms of depth. Uh, they just don't have the quality players that I think you need to have if you're going to be an NCAA tournament team out of this league. Wake is different because Wake is those things. Like Wake's Wake's starting five, I think, is about as talented as Duke's. Um, maybe not quite to the level if you if you really want to dive into the recruiting rankings and all that stuff, but that's a really good starting lineup. It's it's got some pieces off the bench. Agreed. Um, they're, they have the look of a tournament team without having that one signature win on their resume to say they're in the tournament right now. Like they're a nine or a 10 seed, not the bubble talk. And so you beat a team 
you you never trailed them. Uh, it was uh, Jim Sumner was the one that pointed it out to me after the game, and I made sure to put it in. I think both stories, like the margin was Wake never led. It was tied a few times, and the margin was never more than nine for Duke. <laughs> so it just stayed in this in this really finite range of. Duke's up by two, up by five, up by seven. They had a chance to pull away, but Wake tightened it up. Then Duke would kind of edge back in front. Like it was, it was that all night. And that's why John came into his presser and, and said that that was the really impressive part of it to him was they never trailed. Um, they're able to take this Wake team that he he holds in high esteem. It's not just, it's not just me. It's not just uh, bracket prognosticators that want to make Wake Forest in the tournament. Um it's a really good it's a really good win at home against a really good team and that's that's kind of your building block that I would take from from these last three that's the one that I would kind of hold on in a little bit of a higher regard and it certainly keeps the hopes of a championship alive for Duke in the ACC regular season and who knows what they'll be able to accomplish in postseason play we'll speculate about some of those things and we'll talk about the Duke and Florida State game coming up this weekend after we take our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets as they've got deals right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It is absolutely the place to find last-minute seats. The Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. They're that serious about getting the best deal. Download Game Time today. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off your first purchase. Once again, download Game Time today. Use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, Connor O'Neill is here with me from Devils Illustrated. We're talking Duke basketball and uh, the play that they've had as of late. Now the mission is to go on the road for three consecutive games. When you look at this sort of segment of Duke's schedule moving forward, what jumps out to you, Connor? Without without making this you know do or die and the the end all be all. I, I kind of look at this three game stretch as the stretch that's going to tell you how how high this team's ceiling is in March. Um, <clears throat> it's three road games against three teams that are all looking to boost their resumes. Uh, you know, Miami and Florida State are in a little bit different category than Wake is right now. Like Miami and Florida State, if they were to beat Duke at home, it would kind of get them into the bubble conversation. If Wake beats Duke at home, it kind of makes them off the it takes them off the bubble and puts them on the other side of the bubble talk like they don't have to worry about showing up in the last four buys uh last four in that kind of shit like going to Dayton all that (laughs) um but these are these are three teams that are all going to test Duke in different ways um Florida State's got the the depth and the length and athleticism that they're just going to pressure the heck out of you um 
and they block a lot of shots at the rim. That's one of the things that I focused on in the preview uh, today going into tomorrow is Duke gets a lot of shots blocked. Like it's, it's kind of the one thing that they really don't do well. Um, they're, they've got the fourth worst block percentage offensively in among power five or what is it? Power. It's still power six. I guess pack 12 still exists for another couple of weeks. Sure. But, um, that's interesting. They, I didn't realize that. Yeah. They get a lot of shots blocked. You know, Ken Palms puts it out there and, uh, it, it's not a problem that much. Like sometimes it's not a problem. Like sometimes you can have five year shots blocked at the rim. And you, if you make a lot of threes, it doesn't matter. Or yeah. if you, if you get the rebounds off of those blocks, it doesn't matter. But other times it's, it's a problem when you're able to get to the rim and then get your shot blocked. It starts a fast break for the other team. So that's how Florida state challenged you Miami. I'm going to say this, knowing that they looked awful at Clemson earlier this week, Miami can score on everybody. Like they still have the weapons. They still have the tough shot making. They just have a lot of inconsistency right now with, with role definition and lineup changes. And then wake, you, you just saw how wake is going to challenge Duke. I mean, the, the biggest factor to me from the Wake side of things is Efton Reed is their strong center. He's their defensive anchor. He played 15 minutes, and in those 15 minutes, Wake outscored Duke by six. It was just he played 15 minutes because he had five fouls and had a lot of stupid ones that I don't know if you're Duke, you expect him to do the same things when they go right. to Winston-Salem. So these are three critical games for Duke. Um, you know, it, when – when you talk about seeing where this team has been, like it's, it's such a weird thing. Like I, maybe you've, maybe you've asked people this, maybe you've been asked JJ, but I I get the question still of like, is this Duke team a final four contender? I don't know how to answer that. I I was, it was asked me for like this week, it was asked me Tuesday on ACC network. And it was like, I, I don't think so right now, but if, if you see the continued growth, if you see, what you want to see out of them in these next three games on the road, all against decent opponents. Yeah. Maybe on the other side of this, I do say, yes, this team is a final four contender. Like, yes, this team can live up to what we thought they'd be going into the season. And so this is, this is kind of fever pitch right now. Like this is the one, this is the three game stretch that you're going to want to pay the most attention to. Fair. Cause to your point, I mean, if, if Duke kind of gets out of this, um, running the table, so to speak, maybe a loss along the way, but right there at the top of the ACC going into March and figuring some things out. Then, yeah, again, this was a, a preseason top two team in the entire country. You spoke to the, the level of recruits that Duke's got, the talent on the roster. Uh, it's just been can they put it all together uh, has been kind of the formula that has not been able to be figured out just yet. Yeah, doesn't it seem crazy? Like I just wrote it into the pre- – like this team's lost two games since the first week of December. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we still, we talk about them like they've been a disappointment in Correct. some regard. And, and in some cases it's true. Like they, they are, they're kind of the quintessential meat left on the bone team. Like they'll, they'll beat these teams that they should beat. They won't do it by as much as you think they should, or as much as you want them to. But then you have to evaluate how much of that is your expectation versus their reality and how much of it is them failing to meet their own potential. Like how much of it is, you know, Tyrese Proctor should be better than he is. How much of it is Kyle Filipowski plays the first half with foul trouble and with some things going on in his head and pouting and moaning to officials and that kind of thing. Like 
you know, Mark Mitchell, how much of it is confidence with his shot and, and it's taken off over the last month or so. So it's just, it's an interesting team to evaluate and it's an interesting team to cover. Um, and, and I think there's still some room for, for the growth and for them to wind up being what we thought they would be back, you know, five, six months ago when we talked about this team in the preseason. Yeah, it's, it's to your point, so easy to kind of look at the negatives and, and let those outweigh the positives and that these are not turning into losses for Duke basketball. They're finding ways to win. Uh, you know, you, you look at the spreads of these games, Duke finds a way to cover. Uh, Mark Mitchell had that late dunk. That was just a bad beat for so many people, you know. Uh, I had got a chance to talk about that yet this week. But then the weird one-and-one one also at the end of it by Hunter Salas, who could have flipped the line back the other way had he made one of those. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I, you know, gambling is not for the faint of heart on, right. on college kids. That's why I stay away. Stay away. Uh, but uh, exciting stuff for sure. So uh, looking at this team in particular, the guard position is something that we're talking about often, I believe. Uh, and Tyrese Proctor is a name that I want to talk about a little bit today. Um, did not do much at all against Wake Forest. Only had two points in that North Carolina game. Um, what are you seeing? I'm seeing a, a player who is just kind of having an inconsistent season for one reason or another. Um, I think part of it is injuries. Like you have to talk about that first. You have to talk about him missing basically four games, uh, like three games plus 90% of the fourth game, the right. one that he went out. It takes time to come back from an ankle injury when you actually are healthy and playing. So give him another couple games like the Queens game and, uh, maybe Syracuse was the one after that. Um, but then, you know, we've we've kind of seen him at his full potential, and it looks like he's one of the best players, one of the best guards in the country when he has 24 points against Louisville, 18 against Clemson, and makes the two free throws to win the game. Um, the game after that, I think he only had 12 points, but it was like a five assists, four rebound type of game. Um, and when he puts it all together, he, he is, he's so special. And just haven't seen him put it together over the last four. Like it, it just comes and goes with him. Um, I, I think the weight game, I'll give him a little bit of a pass. Uh, he hit his head hard on the floor in the end of yeah, that he first did. half. And <laughs> I, I've, I've talked to a couple people about, like, I don't know how much the TV broadcast picks up of injuries. Like, sometimes people will tell me things that the TV has covered and I'll have missed. Other times is like this time Tyrese spent most like all of the rest of the first half from when he got that injury and then spent large chunks of the second half when he was on the bench with a towel wrapped around his head and his head down in his lap. Like he, he did not look like himself. He looked like a player that had probably been concussed. So I don't know how much you can really say that he had a bad game against wake as much as it was, he was having a bad game and then he, suffered an injury that like I'm not going to go down to Tallahassee, but I I'm really curious to see if he plays tomorrow. Like it's, you know, um, head injuries can kind of be like ankle injuries where you're fine and you can get through it the day that it happens. But then the next day it's worse. Like right. ankles swell up, uh, brain injuries are nothing to, to be, um, yeah. Can't play with those. Yeah. 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 You, you just, you, you can't do it. And especially 
the more science we get about them and, and the more closely that people pay attention to the signs and whether lights hurt or sounds hurt and that kind of thing. So yeah, I would, I would be really curious to see if he's limited in any way. Um, I don't know anything for sure. Uh, it's, it's really hard to get in, injury information out of the staff. So I'm not, I'm, not coming, <laughs> I'm not coming with any kind of uh, inside info here, but I'm saying like based on looking at Monday and, and looking at him on the bench, I would not be completely shocked if he doesn't play down at Florida State. Well, we will certainly see big game for Duke on Saturday at Florida State, and uh, we'll talk about that and the standings at the ACC. We'll take a look at those after we take our final timeout here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, an exciting time of year now that football is over. A lot of people paying attention to the NBA. Really exciting weekend. We've made it to All-Star Weekend. Get your buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Once again, FanDuel is a proud presenting sponsor of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. Find a few moments here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. JJ Jackson alongside my pal Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated. Do us a favor and tell us a little bit about your work, Connor. I mentioned it earlier, but there are other sports in full swing. I mean, it's it's a big time of year. Yeah, uh, duke.rivals.com. We've got two stories to break you into baseball season. Um, Duke's opener is actually going on right now, and uh, I assume we'll be finished. I, I don't know if extra innings are in the cards, but <laughs> um, those will get you set for Duke season, uh, baseball-wise. Um, Blue Devils are ranked in every top 25, as high as 12, as low as 23. Um, and then we've got the normal stuff with basketball. It's it's basketball season. It's late in the year. Um, we've got a lot of coverage over there. Got the preview for the Florida State game up, and that should tell you everything that you need to know um, going into the game. And hope people check it out. Please do. It's good stuff. Go join the community. I'm over there as well. Would love for you to be a part of the fun uh, that Connor's got there at Devils Illustrated. So let's talk about the ACC right now. Uh, the basketball picture as Duke kind of hunts for a uh, ACC regular season title. Earlier this week, North Carolina and Virginia both found a way to drop their games. I was pretty stunned that uh, two of those results happened. If you told me maybe one of them would have, sure. But the fact that both happened, Connor, was very surprising. I agree. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. If you told me one of them was going to lose, I probably would have thought Carolina because they, they did not play well at Miami. They lost last week a home game to Clemson. Um, going on the road to Syracuse. Syracuse is a weird place to play sometimes. They get a lot of people for Duke and Carolina up there. I was shocked that Pitt beat Virginia. I did not see that coming at all. Um, Virginia had been, I think, had the longest uh, active home winning streak in the country at like 23 games. And, you know, Blake Henson didn't go seven for seven, but he had 27. And that guy is a shot maker. Some of the watching back the highlights of his play in that one. Wow. 
I mean, he's he's kind of to me, he's oversized Caleb Love. Like he is a <laughs> he is a villain. He wants to come into your place and ma- wants you to hate him, and he feeds off of it. I don't think I'm saying anything insulting to him. Like I think no, that's, that's hilarious. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And, and I mean, credit to him. He he's he is the best tough shot maker in the ACC right now. And uh, that makes them dangerous against everybody. And and winning at Virginia kind of puts Pitt into a conversation of, hey, they they they've won at Duke, they've won at Virginia. Can they piece together enough of a resume otherwise to get into the bubble conversation? So, yeah. But it, those two games like bring it right back into focus for Duke. And I mean, I, I wasn't even thinking on Monday night about what has to happen for Duke to be in the hunt for an ACC regular season championship, but. Now, after Tuesday night, it's like, oh, here we are. Yeah. No, it's 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 right there. They're all jumbled up at the top within a game of each other, and um, they all still play each other. Like Duke plays North Carolina and Virginia at home. Carolina plays at Duke, and I think at Virginia. Correct. Yep. Virginia gets the gets the one and one of those, and uh, to to look a little bit down the road, like Wake Forest still plays two of those three, like Wake still has Duke at home and Virginia on the road this weekend. So it's, it's a little tighter than it was uh, last week at this time. Without a doubt. If you're watching us on YouTube, locked on blue devils here, you're able to see the ACC standings. North Carolina is still positioned there at the top. Uh, They've got one more win in league play than Duke does at 11 and three Duke 10 and three. But again, the blue devils will play the Tar Heels once again at the end of the season in Cameron Indoor. So um, pretty jumbled after we get past those uh, first three or four as well, Connor, when we're looking at the league. That doughy middle in the ACC. You're you're always going to have it, and it's only going to get worse when the league expands. Sure. There's just going to be a jumbled up uh, chunk of teams in there that, I mean, you're you're seeing kind of the way it's going to have to play out. Whoever has the good non-conference is going to avoid the bubble talk in there. Like, I, I've had people ask me how Clemson is safely in the field when they're in, you know, tied for fifth with teams like NC State and Florida State. And it's like, well, because they took care of their business in the non-conference. That's the only reason. It's it's all the explainer that is necessary here. Yeah. Um, and we're just you're gonna have to keep getting used to it. It's not gonna get any easier with three more teams coming into the league. Yeah, we, we saw earlier this week three teams coming, of course, in uh, Stanford, Cal, and SMU. That brings the total to 18. It sounds like the league's going to keep a 15-team ACC tournament format moving forward. That was a big question. How do you put together a tournament of 18 teams in one spot, given how long the days are? Uh, but it sounds like it's just going to stick with the 15 that we're used to. So, hey, three teams, you have a tough regular season. You're not going to the ACC tournament either. Yeah, and I, I I kind of get it. I, I I don't necessarily it's it's not it's not something I'm excited about, but I do think that keeping it restricted to five days is better than going to the sixth day. Um no team is ever gonna win six games in six days to win that tournament. We still are waiting on a team to win five games. Um right. I think I think there's only been a couple that have won four uh to win it. I think Duke did it. Duke did it one year, maybe a few years ago. Yep. Yeah, with uh, Jason Tatum and Harry yeah. Giles that tier, um, and then Virginia Tech did it uh, a couple years back to beat Duke in the championship game. But yeah, it's just it's a grind. And uh, to be honest, 
I'm I'm starting to gravitate toward the idea of just not having a conference tournament. And as blasphemous as that probably is to say, um, I really come. This is a little bit of the baseball side of me, but I, I always think it doesn't benefit you to to wear yourself out the week before the tournament that starts that actually like really matters and that everybody's going to judge your success or failures on. Um, if you, don't you exert all the energy in the conference tournament. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just like I think one of the things that helped Wake's baseball team last year was losing a game in the ACC tournament so that they didn't have to burn another nine innings of their pitching. They could set them up for the regional that much better. I think for Duke's baseball team last year, it set them up great to lose two games in Durham because they could set with their bullpen every game approach, they could set themselves up for the NCAA tournament. So I don't know. It's, it's too much baseball. Like the it's opening day. So I'm a little, uh, that's where my brain is right now, but, but yeah, the, the ACC tournament, I think is, it's kind of lost its luster. It's not what it was. Um, and, and I think we've got to start kind of thinking outside the box of, of things to do instead of what what things have, the way things have always been done, basically. Well, I'm excited to see how all of it plays out. Excited to read your coverage this weekend for Duke and Florida State uh, and, and then seeing where Duke can go from here. It's great to have you back on the program, Connor. Do us a favor one more time. Promote your work and where people can find you. Yeah, Devils Illustrated is duke.rivals.com. Really simple. Go check it out. I love it. Connor, thanks for the time today. We'll do this again soon, okay? Thanks, JJ. All right, that's Connor O'Neill joining us here on today's episode of the program, and that's going to do it for our show here today. Once again, give me a follow on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. The show is there as well at LO underscore Blue Devils. Subscribe to our podcast feed wherever it is that you get your podcasts and watch the show daily on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. That's going to do it for our show here today. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you soon. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.